Welcome to the Coordinated Movie Podcast for Crimes of the Future. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Kelly Wand, who has brought us a Crimes of the Future tagline. Even more interested. Ooh, okay, right. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline that doesn't pertain specifically to uh, Leah Seydoux? Well, and the rest of them. But yeah, the the uh, technician girls, like the I, I was yeah, quite fond of the technical support. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. My tech support, totally different usually. Yeah, like why doesn't the Geek Squad like do stuff? I don't like know. That? They never sit in my machine either, which, <laughs> even though I ask them to repeatedly. <laughs> Waving around like bones and whatnot. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the. Uh, we should all be so lucky. Yeah. So, are there other tagline? What's another tagline for Crimes of the Future? Podcasting is the new surgery. <laughs> Wait, no, let me say so it like long. a Cronenberg character. Okay, yeah. podcasting is the new surgery. <laughs> Wait, no one talks There's about a little that. Ar- that was like Arnold doing a Cronenberg movie. A yeah. little bit of there, yeah. I only Kelly have three Wan- voices now. Is there a third tagline for Crimes of the Future? I wish this had been Leah Sadu's No Time to Die character. <laughs> I would really like that movie. Kelly Wan, there can't possibly be four no, taglines for a no, Cronenberg stop movie. Stop asking for four. I have to make one up, and then it's always garbage. Yeah, we don't, we don't want goes, any of that. Oh, dude. Right. Well, three in case is folks, fine. Three is the Goldilocks zone for taglines. Everyone I agree. This. So if folks don't know, Crimes of the Future pie. is uh, David Cronenberg's latest movie. He wrote and directed it. It stars Viggo Mortensen, Leah Seydoux, uh, Kristen Stewart, and Don McKellar. Ooh! It's rated R uh, really? for strong, disturbing, violent content Not and really. grisly images. Graphic nudity and some language. <laughs> Kelly Wanda, there are other things that parents should know if they're thinking of yeah, watching Crimes of the Future with their young children. children. Yeah, I would recommend this movie for all children and some parents. Uh, I rate it NVU for helpful medical facts, uh, <laughs> some on screen IT, and uh, six knobs. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. None of them Stewarts, unfortunately. But um, are tiny. No. She, although tiny. I will say, I, I think her performance. Like bells. In this, yeah. I'm not sure I've seen them, but I, I thought her performance in this movie was pretty sexy. But we'll get yeah. to that in a moment. Uh, Aha, you like this movie? Well, Tom likes I. Crimes of the Future. We don't Tom. know that, but let's see what Rotten Tomatoes says about it. Oh, that's more of, important. Of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 78% of them are positive. That's pretty high. See? On Metacritic, the average rating from various reviews is 65 out of 100. That averages out to 69 where I come from. <laughs> on Cinema Score, uh, this didn't get a Cinema Score rating, but if it had, it would be an F. Why? Please. Can you imagine people, regular, normal. You got a 78. Salt of the Earth people just going in to see this movie and then coming out and having a cinema score rep saying, hey, what did you think? Do this little survey. They're going to be like, I don't know what I just saw. They're going to tear through the F. They're going to put the ballot in the box, and that's what's going to happen. Come Would on, they've you know gotten Kelly so was. far as to see get in the movie and then watch the whole thing and then go, oh, that wasn't what I was expecting from this. They, they would not have, and that's why it didn't have a, a cinema score rating, I think. Uh, it did, however, make two and a half million dollars theatrically in North America. So. Why is a score a letter? It should be great as a letter and scores a number. Kelly Wand, I haven't been in school in a very long time, but you'll have to ask school. Yeah. School's Kelly the Wand, future. Speaking of asking you things, I need you to tell me what happened in this movie. Because there were times in this movie, Kelly Wand, 
I felt like a CinemaScore uh, viewer. Oh, you like, confused what? or disgusted? Yeah, both. Um, mainly confused. Uh, so I, before we talk about the movie, uh, I'd like a synopsis of what I just saw. Oh, Maybe okay. I'll answer all your questions in the synopsis. That way you won't have any questions later. I hope so. I hope so. So yeah. perhaps you have for us a crimopsis of the futropsisopsis? It's weird to me that you have more writing credits than me sometimes. <laughs> I, hey, that's I think not I true. do. That's not well, true at all, but uh, thank not you. Not counting that. the opsis. I mean, good work. Solid uh, solid effort. Laudable play. No, uh, Crimes of the Futsis. Ah, right. I was close. Uh, <clears throat> ready? Go. Let's get this over with. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say about this movie, Kelly Wan, so I'm raring to go. Yeah, let's get through this nonsense so we can hear you go. <laughs> dead, dead kid. <laughs> Now, was that my voice or your voice? That's you. You're like a that was old, me. Okay, right. Your reviews lately remind me of a grandma on a cruise liner. You have the same taste as that. Do grandmas on cruise liners get into the Eternals? By the way, is that a is that a big big demographic for that movie? They're allowed in. <laughs> crimes of the Futsis. Some gooey red credits are all crimes of the Futsis. Beside <laughs> me, Tom checks his watch. <laughs> A kid on a beach digs into some mud with a metal spoon in front of a wrecked spaceship or opera house. From the non-opera house, his mom's all, Brecken, don't eat anything weird. Ugh, anything weird. Brecken brushes his teeth, then celebrates by eating a small pink trash can as his mouth dribbles pink drool. Beside me, Goldblum throws up. That night, his mom smothers him with a pillow. The next morning, ring, ring. Hello? Yes, it's me, the mom character again. Tell what's-his-fuck uh, to come pick up his dead monster son. Also, he owes me part of a new trash can. <laughs> Later, the kid's dad, Lang, who looks like a partly deflated Captain America's beard, uncovers Brecken's young dead face. Then he starts sobbing over the ruined trash can. Tom leans over to me. Mr. Mom. <laughs> it applies to everything, Tom. Mr. Tom. Meanwhile, Aragorn tries to sleep in his Cronin bed. Sidhu comes in and flings open the curtains. Bonjour, good for you, good for me. <coughs> this bed's not anticipating my pain anymore. Oh, I'll call the Cronin IT girls. By the way, good news, there's a new hormone in your bloodstream. Oh, uh, about time. <laughs> she pokes around in his abdomen with a gas tank nozzle. Oh, God, a new endocrine gland. <coughs> I think it's shifting my pain centers. No wonder my Cronin bed's so sketchy. How's the tattoo coming? Slippery rambunctious. <laughs> she eats some bacon out of a skillet. Aragorn struggles to eat. With a wooden spoon, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's quite a feat, yeah. so hot. Aragorn struggles to eat baby food in his wobbly Cronin high chair. <laughs> Beside me, Peter Jackson's all... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lang, the bad dad, walks around and eats a purple candy bar. Aragorn and Leah Sadu visit the National Organ Registry, where they meet the doctor from the Flash Gordon movie and Kristen Stewart. Ah, oh, welcome. Our characters are part of the NVU, an offshoot of VCR from Videodrome. <laughs> Kristen Stewart's all. 
Gorn and Yoko Bond girl. You understand. Organ registration. Security. Standpoint. Dr. Zarkov saw. Yeah, evolution's been getting way too Cronenbergian lately. By the way, we have no infections anymore. Cronenberg wrote this way before 2020. <laughs> Era. Gorn, you've been producing no Cronin organs for some years now, but you've just been th- throwing them away. Oh, who wouldn't? What's the relationship between you and uh, Leah Sadu's character? Uh, I know your character's supposed to be famous in this, but audiences are dumb. Well, I remove his tumors. The, this uh, Logan's Run prop on stage from the plastic surgery scene uh, while house music plays. Um, I was a trauma surgeon. He was on duty. Now we're in this classic French-American-Canadian love story. I don't know what's going on there. Stuart and Zarkov ogle his organs while Sadu tries to record their ogling with her finger ring. Oh, no, please don't. It's for... Been recording here since we don't exist. Oh, sorry. Oh. By the way, we tattoo new organs, you know. Keep an eye on them. And Cronenberg. Uh, later. I can't believe you invited those creeps to our show, especially that creepy Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Aragorn makes aroused choking noises. Beside me, Cranston's all. Is he going to fucking cough like that through the whole thing? <laughs> Two uh, babe IT chicks cub and do stuff to the Cronin bed while I get a boner and Aragorn tries to sleep in it. The bed, not the... Uh... Hey, router. Yeah, printer cable? They got a Sark in here. No way. They all go study the Logan's Run autopsy uh, prop admiringly. Aragorn and Leah Sadu do their show. The TV screen's all, body is reality. <laughs> Leah Sidhu cuts Aragorn open. Lang watches Sidhu do this while he eats his violet crumble. As the audience applauds and ooze and vomits, Sidhu removes an organ tattooed with Gosling's face. <laughs> Beside me, David Lynch throws up on Goldblum. <laughs> A lot of vomit going on in my audience. All of it missing me. Later, the organ sits in a glass jar at the after party. Hire. Going to French actress. That was awesome. Surgery sex, isn't it? Here, Horn, watching your cut into you made me want to. Oh, cut into you. May no way. That's fucked up. I made me want. It made me want you to cut into me. Okay, bye. Beside me, Pattinson yawns. A guy bogarts Lang's candy bar, eats a bite, then pukes purple jizz and has a seizure. I lean over to Tom and go, that's how I felt during Eternals. Meanwhile, a black guy named Inspector Cope. All in good fun. I loved it. Eternally. I'll rewatch it someday after I'm long dead as a ghost over someone's shoulder on their phone. Meanwhile, a black guy named Inspector Cope visits Zarkov and Timlins. I hear you are in scenes with Aragorn. <laughs> yeah, it's like discovering a new animal. It's more like this. 
of your new Picasso. Cope shows them a lump on his abdomen, then they all hang out and skim through Cronenberg's doodle book. <laughs> Beside me, Arnold's all, That last one is not a tumor! <laughs> He's wrong. Meanwhile, someplace called the Klinek, a guy with noses all over him is all, It's time to stop seeing and start smelling. He starts dancing while Cronin music plays. Aragorn watches thoughtfully while a lady walks up to him. I am Adrian Le Barbeau. Ha, this guy's noses. The only one that works is the one right by his anus, and all he eats is broccoli and beans. By the way, you should meet a character in this named Dr. Lazarium. Inner beauty is his specialty, as it is yours. She gives him a business card with lasers on it. Behind them, the nose guy sneezes and explodes all over the crowd. To a smattering of applause. Lang sees Aragorn walking past him on a street, so he stops digging around in a chick's leg and offers him Brecken's corpse as a live autopsy. The show's live, not the kid. Do you have his body? Of course I have his body. He's my son. What are you, weird? Well, later. Uh, My throat thing's severe today. I can't eat my baby food. Oh. Leah Sidhu lies nude in the Sark while Aragorn slices incisions into her body with the joystick from Existence. <laughs> then they spoon while scalpels slash into them. Meanwhile, Cope meets Aragorn by the rusty boat from Videodrome. <laughs> Beside me, Cronenberg nudges Tom excitedly. <laughs> by the way, I'm undercover now. I hate what's happening to my body. Don't tell my wife. She's a freak. Uh, I need to talk to the mom who murdered Trash Can Boy. Cope's all. Yeah, she's great. Meanwhile, the IT girls strip down and cuddle in the autopsy machine giggling while I high-five the screen. <laughs> Leah Sidhu shakes her head affectionately. Classic Zoomers. Beside me, De Niro's Brazil character yawns, then gets disintegrated by windy newspapers. Aragorn visits Dr. Lazarium and gets a new Videodrome tummy mouth installed. There you go, a rip block for X. Ex- there you go, a rip lock for maximum access. By the way, something something inner beauty pageant. Sadu so proves to be super into Aragorn's ziplock and goes down on it within seconds of unzipping his stomach lining. Eventually her head gets stuck in the zipper, so Aragorn visits the murderous mom. They say stuff like, I confessed! Why? Because I was guilty. Meanwhile, Lang visits his friends at Basement Wonka Land to find his candy bar production is proceeding swimmingly. He's all. A world of pure imagination! Meanwhile, a random brunette lady named Odile has her face peeled off by a surgeon while Sidhu watches enviously. Then she and Zarkov watch another girl have her foot scraped. I guess it's a double feature. Oh, Dios, that was amazing. Now I want to cut my face to ribbons, throw up, and masturbate all at once. I'm having extra bile glands surgically implanted at the drive through later. Thanks. Speaking of, uh, you know what's peaceful? Trauma. This quote is so profound to Leah Sidhu that she has some maggots implanted in her forehead. <laughs> Still interested. <laughs> when she reveals them to Aragorn, he's all, Wait, I still have to shave my beard. 
quiet. I want to do the Brecken autopsy. It sounds hideous. Okay, by the way, I'm cooking a lot of new organs inside my body, just for fun. Cronenberg said it would make me more relatable. Well, don't keep some inside you too long. We don't want you unhealthy or anything. Aragorn gets bored and visits Dr. Zarkov. Hey, welcome back. Come check out our safe room. I think it's this one. By the way, I'm the registrar of uh, something that will be barely explained called the Inner Beauty Pageant. Uh, you should go for best in show. I might have to fake it. <laughs> Mr. Agorn, it's... Me, Kristen Stewart, Timlins. You were just with Dr. Zarkov. I'm very worried about him. It's in our line of work to be dazzled by performers like you. I see. Do you? Maybe not. Tell me. Well, this... Oh, this is our world. Deep, deep within it, this beautiful white light radiates outward that you create and others like you. Take me, Duna Dane. She sticks her fingers in his mouth and prods his teeth. Yeah, sorry, I'm not very good at the old sex. I lean over to the flayed cadaver of Gunther von Hagen's mounted beside me and whisper, I know which character I am. Aragorn and Sidhu visit Lang and study Brecken's body in a freezer. Why do you want us to do this again? It seems like weird parenting. I want to make a statement, a public statement. Autops my kids. That, that's one of them. Performance art is consensual, though. Uh, senses are surgery. Hey, you got my consent. Brecken isn't talking. <laughs> Although I don't give Cronenberg any ideas. Uh, here, I have a plastic nut crunch. I make it myself with truck driver bros. Yeah, I'm fussy about my food, thanks. Aragorn meets Cope by the wreck of the USS Videodrome again and asks him if he should do the Brecken show. Yes, we want Lang and his group of freaks. Learn about them, fucking plastic eaters. Nom, nom, nom. Cronin evolution cannot be allowed to continue in this movie. Meanwhile, Dr. Lazarium tries to eat, but the IT girls show up and fix his chair for him. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lang shows Aragorn his surgery scars. Check it out. Only 900 surgeries, and now I can eat plastic. Applebee's was our template. <laughs> you see, Tom, I mean Aragorn, we as humans got to start feeding on our own industrial waste. Brecken was the first natural plastic eater. I guess I should have married someone who was into it more, huh? Yeah, that's not how science works. Hey, who knows more about science? Science or Cronenberg? That night, Aragorn and Sidhu do the Brecken autopsy. Behold the body, corp, corporeal, incorporeal, corpulent, oscorp, banana fana for forp. And uh, here's some tattoos on these organs inside this child mannequin. This one says lols. And this tattoo. Beside me, Dreyfus is all. Wait, wait, let me guess. Mother? That's <laughs> <laughs> for you. You'd like it. As Sidhu starts removing the organs and Dreyfus cackles, the crowd reacts as if they were Tom Chick watching an 80s Cronenberg movie that's not The Fly. Lang, disappointed by this response, goes outside to sob on some steps. I'm disappointed his tears aren't purple. The IT girls sit beside him. His mom did this, tattooing his organs somehow while he was alive. It's a message to me, Lowell's mother. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Speaking of your wife, I bet she'd really be approving of this. They drill a hole in his head and walk off giggling. 
Aragorn meets Cope again by the boat. Yes, we did the tattoos. Actually, your friend did it. Timlin, Kristen Stewart. I guess she's a cop. Oh, what a twist. She's really into you. <laughs> well, I guess I'm a believer. Later at home, Aragorn gags and tries to eat. Again. Finally, Seduzo. Oh, Jesus Christ, this movie. Fuck. Here. <laughs> Try Lang's plastic nut crunch. Besides, we're all out to Lembus. <laughs> he takes a purple bite while she records. His chair suddenly stops moving. He starts purring in ecstasy. I stand up and start to slow clap while everyone around me in the audience groans with relief and starts crawling towards the exits. Some words tell me who lit the boobs. The end. <laughs> Boom! USS Videodrome. Crimes beautiful. of the Fugitives, Tom. Kelly Wand, your case, Stewart, was awesome. Oh my I God. I right? That ah. was right. Totally on point. That was an amazing impression of her. Thank oh, Wow. Wow. You told me I worked on a long time. It wasn't easy. Is that how she talks in the Twilight movies? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen them, nerd. I thought I was going to out you on that. I'm with you. I did see Underwater. Uh, wait, well, of no. course you did. Yeah, right? Underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember when T.J. Miller calls her a beautiful, flat-chested elephant creature? <laughs> so T.J. Miller. I know, right? Uh, I'm, I'm a big Underwater fan, though. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very pro-Underwater. Uh, all right, well, Kelly Wong, I need to know a movie that you like slightly better than this and one you don't like quite as much. Well, I wanted to pick Videodrome as my over just to mess with your head. Ah. It, I mean, because it's kind of dated, but it's got a higher body count and Blondie getting whipped inside a TV set, which I think is really awesome. But um, I don't know. I, so anyway, my, my over is Possessor and my under is Existence, which I love, but it's not as weird as this. So mm. I have sure. a weirdness uh, graph, pie chart, vector that I go with my Cronenberg by. Let's start and this now, sentence all over. Okay. <laughs> Kristen Stewart really wore me out. No, I don't want to do that sentence over. Just pretend it made sense faster. Just pretend. So wait, sense. so the, the over is what then? Possessor. And, and the under is? Existence. Right, okay. But so then you liked this, because I know you like Possessor. Yeah. I love this. I think. I have questions about it. I have, um, and I'm not sure I understood a few things about the ending. It felt like the beginning of a TV series. So it was sort of an inglorious, it was his inglorious bastards kind of thing. Um, okay. But I think I liked it, not necessarily because it was a beautifully made film, so much as it was like comfort food. Like, oh yeah, I remember this guy from when I was young. Like there's all these nostalgia movies going on right now. Like every fucking thing, every IP oh, is right. nostalgia. That's an interesting way to think of it. We could go on yeah. Well, and then I took, so none of it's working for me because none of it's the same because it's just a different time. But Cronenberg doesn't seem to care about that. So he, he, it's like, it, the, watching this was like comfort food for me. It was like a purple candy bar, Tom. And I was Brecken. Well, it is very much like I do feel that this is, uh, it does feel like he's just remixing stuff he's been doing all along. Yeah. Uh, this does feel, that's a, that's a good way to put this very familiar. Um, yeah. Now, and as you know, I don't, I, like a lot of early Cronenberg just doesn't work. Goes over your head is the phrase I prefer for you, but go on. Um, that's one way to think of it, but I, I mm -hmm. just think the, what I was looking for in horror and absurdism and world building is very different than what, what Cronenberg was doing. Uh, and specifically, what, this? This, 
Well, specifically the style that Cronenberg does it in, I don't think really worked for me in the past. You mean but, the normal Cronenberg style he uses every for every movie? Well, well, I mean his movies like like, like movies like History of Violence, Eastern Promise, yeah. Dead Ringers. Well, maybe not Dead Ringers, but like he did a Madam Butterfly adaptation. Like uh, he's done more seen. normal movies. He even did a movie called he did a, like a a car chase movie uh, for Canadian TV way back when. It's like part of a contract deal. Like he's done normal movies. Um, but who wants to watch that? Well, a lot of people love uh, History Adam of Butterfly. Violence and Eastern Promise. He oh no, I love called... no, I love both of those. I just yeah. you know. he did a movie called Spider with uh, Ray Fiennes, which is based on someone else's script, and it's very not Cronenberg. Um, huh. I mean, it has Cronenberg elements, but but th- this is this is classic Cronenberg. Right, eighties. Yeah, um, and I don't like those movies. Right. Uh, so it, it stands for reason that I would not like this movie, which I think is mm-hmm. the case. I didn't like this, but I do think this is probably the best movie of that type that he has made. Like oh. if I did like Cronenberg movies, I would love this. Mm-hmm. And I admired a lot about this, but it's just not for me. Um, yeah, for you're not the target that, audience. I'm not the target. Well, it's how I right. feel most of the time. So for me, it was like, oh, finally something that. But I do recognize, like, our Cheers we have up. a friend named Tony who hates all movies. Uh, and after he saw this, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, he knew he knew that I'd seen it, and we'd be talking about it on the podcast. So I didn't say much, but he just sort of held forth about it a little bit. And one of his observations, which I agree with, but I feel is beside the point. One of the things he said is, nobody talks this way. Like nobody has these actual kinds of conversations. These are not realistic, normal sounding conversations. It's the future. But this he, is how people he, right. will talk. Well, I just think that's part of what Cronenberg's style is. Yeah. Is he's always had this kind of stilted, awkward dialogue. Um, and that's, you know, that's just, that's just a facet of, of how he tells these stories and where his priorities are. Um, well, I would even say maybe it's deliberate choice since he can sure. seen from history of violence and Eastern promises, he can write good dialogue and he knows what it is, but he prefers that unsettling, like it does, it does feel unnatural and it does sound unnatural. Like that's part well, of, like you said, it's part of the energy. And, and just right away, the way you characterized it, you said, well, he can write good dialogue, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily agree though. Like I, I think my friend's <laughs> comment was to denigrate the dialogue. I don't right. necessarily think that this is bad dialogue or bad writing. I think well, I unnatural. actually think it's unnatural. Exactly. And I don't think that, that, that calling it out as unnatural has an inherent value judgment one way or the other. Right. Because I do agree that it's unnatural, but I also think that it's more often brilliant than not. I think this is an, yeah. a very well, like if you look at all of the topics that Cronenberg has just been rattling around in all of his movies, like this is a really good summation of them and a really good sort of concentration of those topics and the, even the tone and even that kind of awkward stilted dialogue. Um, I, I just think basically, Kelly Wan, this is Cronenberg firing on all cylinders. There you go. Even though See? I don't like it, I think it's a, I think it's a it's a it's it's just peak Cronenberg. I would say. Maybe um, you can love it and not like it the way like that Bruno Schultz guy that Bruce basically making me read hi bruce well, well what makes you the target audience for this like why do you love this i mean I, for me a lot of it i just think is it is uh, just provocative and gross without for what no well okay so, so tell me like, why are you the target audience ideas, why do you man. love this well i mean i've been a cronenberg fan since the beginning and then and i didn't 
Well, I've been up, wait, hold on. That's not true. Cause I was too young when shivers came out to see it or they came from within it's a real title. Right. Uh, I would check. Yep. We split I, I, on big time. But, which I, I did rewatch this week. I watched a couple of early Cronenberg movies this week. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I want to hear about that. Um, but I mean, Scanners was the first one I saw. And of course, it was a huge movie when you were 11. Because it right. was like, that's the exploding head movie. And he was the first yep. person to do that. So it was like, I associated him with cutting edge gore, like John Carpenter, and like really weird shit. And so I'd watch Videodrome over and over trying to figure out what the hell was going on in it. Like he seemed like an enigma I want, like a puzzle I wanted to solve. Sure. Did the, uh, like, like what did you though? Like, cause one of the issues is I never had any context or understanding for his weird medical fetishism. Uh, I, I never knew what to make of that. And, and it, I think where that really comes to a head is in dead ringers. Yeah. Um, but he's done that consistently and even shivers tries to have that, tries to invoke that same thing. Cause you know, shivers is about, uh, these parasites that are supposed to double as kidneys that get implanted in people like there's all of this like designer scientific organ hullabaloo and And it's tied up with eroticism exactly exactly uh and i feel done very clumsily like that's one of the things i do like about crimes of the future is i think he's finally you know after after years of making these movies just feel so clumsy and exploitative and kind of cheap like in in crimes of the future the sensuality is really kind of sensual finally i feel like the like the stuff in shivers with you know the girl's clothes getting ripped off like all of that just feels so crass yeah but that's an alien parasite this is a slightly different theme (laughs) well no no but uh, i mean i think that was when he was young and just being deliberately and what he thought sex was with parasites well well, partly yeah but i do feel like crimes of the future is an older more mature veteran filmmaker who finally understands things about sensuality that he didn't understand in 1975 right and he can Uh, afford better props and by the way this script's been rattling around for a while because i read that at one point leah sadu was slated to play the kristen stewart part ah it just kept they had trouble finding funding go figure and then, well, you know, he's made it. This is his second movie called Crimes of the Future. Right. Like I've seen the movie. other one of you. It's a student. No, film. I haven't. Uh, is Zero there S. Huh? Oh, I didn't know that. So that means without sound. So he yeah. just shot it and then afterwards dubbed sound over it. Yeah. Uh, is, there any, has, is there any continuity with this none. movie? None. I'm I remember, not that surprised. Yeah. It's a, there's a lot of feet and foam in the other one, I remember. <laughs> and something called The Temple of the Skin. And it was, I found it impenetrable, but fascinating and riveting and super cool. Right, right. And like everything. And I mean, at this point, I mean, even when I saw it, the Toronto of 1970, whatever he made it in, two or three or four, somewhere in there, like right. was, looked as alien as anything. So it's like, that just adds to the fascination. The See, that's part of my problem with some of the earlier movies is I don't, like, like Shivers looks like it was shot in somebody's dorm. Uh <laughs> Even, but but here I think there's like a rabbit. No, no, Shivers is it? You know, Shivers oh, know. is the Starliner Hotel, and it, it is actually they shot it in an apartment building. But nice. but so much of his style back then was literally just shove people in a corner, set the camera up in the middle of the room, and just start shooting. Like there's yeah. there's no sense of any craft in some of those early. You say about Cassavetes too, though. Well, but Cassavetes, his craft is with the actors. Right. Like Cassavetes' canvas is his actors. Cronenberg's yeah. canvas is his scripts, I would say. Right. Because the scripts are really provocative. And there's a great – so watching Shivers, which I still think is, is just lurid trash, but 
There are instances of brilliant writing in Shivers. And there's one instance, specifically like about two thirds in the movie, where the super hot doctor's assistant chick um, has this speech. Yeah, yeah, she's a redhead and she lets her hair down and changes in front of the doctor at some point. He's completely Uh impassive to it. But she later is hitting on him and she has a speech where she's talking about how um, disease is sex between healthy and and infected tissue. See, it's a sequel. Well, it, it is this proclamation of sex as disease. And yeah. the problem is it's great writing, but that poor actress doesn't know what to do with it. Like that's <laughs> the sort of thing you want to give to someone like Jeremy Irons or Jeff Goldblum or even Viggo Mortensen eventually. Like he wrote a really cool passage of dialogue, basically his credo in Shivers, and this poor actress just who was tasked with delivering it just can't do it justice i feel um well that's so what I, had, I feel, available to him at the time he didn't right have. right exactly so that's when i say early cronenberg's canvas was the script was the writing like he wasn't really able to realize it partly because he didn't have the cast to do it he didn't have the production or the budget to really bring it to life uh so and that's just that's not an issue with crimes of the future which doesn't right. seem like it had a big budget but it does have some actors who are really in tune with what he's doing. Yeah. It has, I love the look of it. Like that yeah. whole bunker aesthetic is mm-hmm. really like, that's great for the story he's trying to tell and the ruined ship. Uh, like, I, like I feel this is the Cronen. If the, if this Cronenberg had, had been around, you know, in 1975, I would have probably been persuaded to love those movies. Um, but right now I watch something like shivers and I simply can't get past the lo-fi actors and sets uh, and the lighting and the, even the effects are kind of endearing and fun, but all that I can really respond to uh, positively, what what I really respond to positively is the script. And I'm just kind of disappointed that it wasn't better realized. Um, Shivers. Shivers. Or they came from within, which, you know, Uh I I love that title. It was even, so Shivers was actually shot under the title of something like a blood sucking parasitic orgy. Like, Like, that's the kind of stuff that Cronenberg was doing back then. Yeah. Um, so is it, let's encourage so is it, him, Tom. It's what? I said we should encourage him. Not uh, Sorry, I'm stuck in Kristen Stewart mode now. It's hard to get out of it. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I liked too is he trusted Kristen Stewart to make a really bold character choice like that yeah. and to run with it. Like yeah. I really, really liked Kristen Stewart in this. Yeah. Um, Maybe her best I'd, work. I mean, she, she was doing a performance, and, and mm-hmm. I don't think there was anybody being that that brave in any of his earlier movies until you get to, to something like you could argue that maybe James Woods in Videodrome, you know, he yeah. finally gets some star power, some charisma to helm his movie. And his, where his dialogue is said more naturally. Well, yeah, you know, at least James Woods, say what you will about him. He's got that 80s coked up manic right. element to him. And you let me yeah. watch it. Ah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like he can helm Videodrome the same way that Jeff Goldblum can helm the, not helm, can, uh, can, can be at the, the forefront of the fly. Um, yeah. You know, the, the director's at the helm, but if you have an actor like Jeff Goldblum or Jeremy Irons or they actually even, open it. Is that the word? Even uh, uh, Christopher Walken, for instance, in Dead Zone. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody thinks of Dead Zone oh, yeah. as, a, as a Cronenberg movie because it's a Christopher Walken movie. Herbert um, Lom, even. Look, he got a weird, interesting, an awesome performance out of Herbert Lom, like during the Pink Panther era. Herbert Lom? Yeah. In, in Dead Zone? Who did he play? 
He played the doctor who goes, if I had a chance to go back and kill baby Hitler, I'd kill the son of a bitch. And I got a huge Oh my laugh. God. Wow. I've not seen, I don't think I've seen Dead Zone since it was in theaters. Uh, I don't think I've either, but I mean, I just know it. So by the way, we never did my over and under. I just wanted to say my oh. over and under because another movie, I watched this and I think I like this script better than Crimes of the Future, but I don't like the movie. But my over for Crimes of the Future, my under would be Scanners because if I'm just like looking at you know, where would I position it on how much I like David Cronenberg movies? I like this a little bit better than Scanners, but I, I also, what, what did you say? Michael Ironside, come on. No, I like him. I like Michael Ironside. He's great mm. in Scanners, yeah. But the, the movie that I watched this week that I liked more, that I didn't like, but that I really liked the script more than Crimes, uh, is The Brood. The Oliver. Uh, oh, yeah. Oliver I haven't seen Reed that one. forever. Yeah, that was I one of the really, last ones I saw. So by then I was a little burned out on it. So I really like that script a lot. I like that he's taking a nod from um, uh, Don't Look Now, the little kid yeah. in the red jumper. Like yep. that's obviously what he's invoking with those little murderous children. Like I, I think Brood, Brood, is real, Brood, I, I, Brood has all my same problems with Cronenberg. And I don't know what Oliver – I have no idea what the appeal of Oliver Reed is. I don't get that guy. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it's got great like, he gets murderous – He mad on talk shows. Is that his superpower? <laughs> yeah, he gets he pissed does? off. Yeah, what's? Uh, I think Shelley Winters threw a poured a drink on him because he was being sexist. Oh, that's hilarious! And then he and Letterman almost got in a fight. He's always wow, drunk okay. and pissed off. Oliver Reed. That's his charm. That's the part you're not understanding. <laughs> well, I only He's know angry. him from uh, from that Ken Russell uh, horny nun movie. What is that called? Uh, the uh, uh, wait, wait, not the devil. Is it the devil? I think it is the devils. I think it is the yeah. devils. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's my only frame of reference for the guy. But anyway, so I watched The Brood, and I really like the script. I really like, like, I want Dave. I want the David Cronenberg that made Crimes of the Future to uh -huh. remake The Brood. Okay, like that's that's how much I liked the script. Yeah. I'll write him and let him know. <laughs> Good. Good also, did you know David Cronenberg is a series regular? I didn't know this uh, until I saw it on his IMDb page. On Star Trek Discovery, what? Yep, he's apparently a, a, some character. I forgot the name of his character. Sounded I like that's a bad be. show that you said was really bad. Don't watch it. After I watching only watched it when it first so started. Yeah. When it first started, I started watching it because I heard that uh, that Michelle Yeoh was in it, but her character gets killed early, like in the first episode, and then I gave up. She's uh, the Kirk's dad, Captain. Pike. Well, I think they brought her back, so the joke was on me. Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know the normal the new story. Wait, was she ever in it? Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, is she a returning character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the uh, current Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Wait, so Discovery's they, they, on and Picard's on. Um, well, neither of us oh, are like, Trekkies. We don't know what we're talking about. We're right, right. We don't. I think yeah. There's also some cartoon Star Trek. Uh, yeah, Star right, Trek. Lower going, decks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned that there were some things that you weren't clear about the plot. Uh, in, yeah, in, in crime. I'm I'm the same way. So I want to puzzle this out with you. Okay. Uh, what questions do you have? Like, what things didn't make sense to you? This is my biggest question. Some of them yeah. are just uh, ambiguities. I feel like, yep. but like, let's, who let's did the, those out. Okay, who did the IT girls work for? So they worked for a company called Lifeform Wares. Right. Yeah. Why are they assassinating people? That might be. Is that my big question? Is why did they? Yeah, that was my question too. Is I didn't know, like they weren't on, there on behalf of the government, were they? 
Like maybe they were. He's were not, they they're not mentioned by Cope, so, but we know Kristen Stewart works for the government. She doesn't act like she does. So Right, right. We're like we find out that she's the one who Maybe they just get hot chicks, the government, to kill people. <laughs> right, she sabotaged the show. But no, I, I, I did I did get the sense that they were government the assassins. Because they they were weren't they trying to shut down this beauty pageant thing? No, wait, hold on, you're wrong because yeah. Cope says because Aragorn goes I mean, Harry Tenser, or Saul Tenser, he goes, you were, you have a habit of not telling me things, and you assassinated Lang, and he goes, we didn't have anything to do with that. Cope denies it. And he goes, actually, that was bad, because now he'll be a martyr. Oh, you're right, you're right. Yep, yep. So then I went, then I thought, oh, I had to watch it again to write the opsis, so I might be up on you on a couple things. But uh, that made me think, oh, he works for, or they work for the Lang Revolution, the candy bar people. But no, but then why would they murder Lang? Well, to make him a martyr. But like you just said, I don't think it was them because they're talking mean to him. And if they worked for him, they would be, thank you, leader, for letting us do this or something. Right. Yeah, I did. You know what? I did write, why does life form wear care about the guy installing the zipper for the inner beauty pageant? Like, why do they have him murdered? And I then did, my only answer is that they aren't working with New Vice. That's what I wrote in my notes. I don't think they are, but I don't know who they're working for. And I didn't understand the inner beauty pageant at all. So I think the inner beauty pageant was just a bit of absurdism. Uh, Really? Yeah. Like the idea that uh, these are- People are willing to die for it or kill for it rather. Well, yeah, that that this is an exhibition for these these, uh, idiopathic organs that are illegal. Um, There was an- Hey, my name's Kelly. Sorry, go on. <laughs> what? Idiopathic. Um, I don't. I don't why does it, it? I don't understand. This is a Doesn't disaster. It, <laughs> I'm calling myself an idiot. Organ. Oh, as an idiot. Right, 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 right. Idiot. Right, right. Cut all this. The listeners will understand what I'm talking about. Hopefully, they'll explain the movie to us. Like I like the words idiom and idiosyncrasy. I no longer associate with idiocy. I just because they have their own meaning to me. So sorry that was lost on me, Kelly One. So uh, what? So we don't know who the beauty pageant IT chicks, chicks were. Maybe they were rogue agents. There's no clues either, and they're if they're let's just say oh. they're real IT girls. No, I, I well, the, oh, yeah, on. like aren't they trying to shut down this idea? They want people to be reliant on these these beds and and chairs, right? And so, well, what, Doctor Doctor. What's his name? Ned, Ned Lang. So, so Scott no, no, Freeman's character. Oh, the other guy, the guy in the that they drill the first hole in his head. That's Scott Speedman. No, the doctor. Oh, That's they didn't shoot that. him. You're right. You know what? I didn't even make the connection that they killed him with a drill. Yeah. Like I, I was thinking that was a gunshot. You don't shot. see the drill. No, no, you're right. You're very, very good, Kelly Wand. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Right. So, so they were. I, I think they just don't want people not using their furniture. And but that guy was using out, their chair. That's why I'm asking you. That's why I keep cutting. Oh, oh, right. But but what they're going to do, I think they don't want Scott Speedman's revolution to be known to people. Like they don't want people. I don't know. I don't know. That isn't. But then they, so they kill him and then Cope says, oh, now they've made him a martyr. But see what he's going to do and what happens at the end of the movie is that he's going to create a race of people who are beyond human. Which they're against and the government's against. Right, because they won't need these chairs. 
And that's what happened at the end of the uh, movie is that Saul Tensor realized that he had uh, j just unilaterally developed a digestive system that could process the industrial waste. So right. he no longer needed the chair. Like the chair just – I don't know if he was purring or the chair was purring, but the chair was no longer trying to make him accept food. Like he, he – that was the food that his body wanted was that industrial waste. All right, I think you're right. I think that makes sense. So they just work for life form wares, and that's just a life form wares. Uh, it's basically corporate, like a Yelp uh, review, right? It's corporate espionage slash assassination. Yeah. It's just an IT feature that they bring with their with their boobs. Well, it's all, yeah, exactly. and it's kind of cyberpunky. I think like this yeah. idea that uh, the people who troubleshoot your bed will also murder you if you happen to, you know, threaten their corporate interests. <laughs> like right. that's the impression I get. Yeah. Huh. All See, right, so I, what other... I didn't think that at first because they were so friendly with Aragorn and Leah Sadu. I'm like, oh my god, you guys are the best. We're right, right, right. Your Sark's amazing. But they don't realize what's happening. And uh, Aragorn, she doesn't, Leah Sadu doesn't even know that Aragorn's doing stuff on the side and like going the opposite. In fact, that's that was actually a huge plot twist is he goes to see Cope and goes, yeah, I hate what's That he's informing, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then what's that ending mean? Because now he, if he hates what's happening to his body, but he's cooking them on purpose and now he can eat plastic, but he wants them out of his body. Like, what does well, he want? I think, I, I think the reveal at the end, and, and this also was a little bit unclear to me, Kelly Wand, um, and I've also seen it twice. I saw it in theaters when it first uh, came out. Uh, uh, not stoned. It. Uh, right, right. I've watched it. And Maverick, too stoned. <laughs> but no um, notes. I, I think what's happening is the the implication is that all of the work that this revolutionary group was doing that the government was trying to shut down yeah. their work was beside the point because Saul Tensor found a way for that to just happen naturally like Saul Tensor the the movie ends with him basically him. bringing about the revolution that that other group was trying to do well not just for him but now we know that human bodies can spontaneously evolve to process industrial wastes, right? Um, and so what's Leah Sadu's take on his new? Well, I, I think that also she like, gives him so, the candy bar. Yeah, why did she give him the candy bar? Because couldn't that have killed him? Well, I don't think that was her intention. I think okay. because she goes, "It's time we have to try it." Like, if you keep if you keep getting worse, we're going to have to try the candy bar. That's what I took out, got out of it. So she wasn't. There was no hostility towards him. She wasn't no. like using him as a guinea pig, or I don't think like so. Like she's genuinely in love with him and, and cares yeah. about him. And, yeah, right. Well, and also yeah, he he eats it willingly. Like they, and he eats it in that a way that suggests a strong agreement and like premeditated understanding that we're both doing this together. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. But we don't. But there's also like we don't know what's going to happen. Like, are we right. sure? And so she and she was waiting for him to make the commitment. And then he does, because he says, "Yes, let's do, let's try it." And then she opens the box of them. They only have like five or six of them, though. And the revolution's been quashed. Although oh, plastics right. everywhere. What am I talking? You know, that's another thing. Why do they need to make candy bars? Plastics not exactly. <laughs> Isn't industrial waste everywhere? Um, what what was your just take? Run away. So what happened then to the kid's body? Like Timlin do we know tattooed. What we know for sure is that Timlin. Okay, Lang's goal was for okay. them to do the autopsy 
And for the crowd to see that Brecken had evolved plastic digesting organs on his own. Right. Which Lang seemed to have quite a certainty on how that would be uh, responded to. Right. People. That was way off. But anyway. So then why did Kristen, Kristen Stewart then was hired by Cope to sabotage the reveal, correct? With tattoos to make it look like. Caprice had done. Right. Okay. Well, and also, uh, I'm not sure who who was supposed to have done it by that because, like, Caprice would have been surprised and was surprised, although she didn't act surprised. Oh, she she she, uh, yeah, the show did go on. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But the implication is these aren't natural organs. Right. They've been manipulated, and so therefore Lang's big plan, which was, oh look, Brecken's the first natural plastic eater, was undone because now it's like, oh, he's just a performance art prop for these two. Yes, right, right. And so did did Saul? And he blamed the mom. He blamed the mom. Remember that? Brecken then, did. Right, right. Brecken said, "Yeah, the mom." Or no, did. Lang did. <laughs> Brecken. Well, did okay, right, right, right. Lang. Yeah. Brecken's dad. Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then they go, "No, but she'd approve of this," and then they kill him. So, so I, the only thing I knew about this movie going in, Kelly Wan, and this this drove me to distraction. I hate this, and it's again why I don't like trailers. I had seen a headline in Variety um, about people walking out at the Cannes Film Festival of, of Crimes of the Future nice. during the child autopsy scene. Like oh, that was so they the made headline. it almost to the end. That was the headline, though. That wow. Crimes of the Future's child autopsy scene was so provocative. So. The moment that the movie started and the woman picks up a pillow, I knew exactly what was happening. Oh, uh, that's too bad. That's and, not a trailer, and I knew, though. And I knew the whole time, too. I mean, I didn't see a trailer. But then I knew the whole time that, yeah, there was going to be a child autopsy scene. Which Fucking I internet that sucks. This is why I – I mean, it's why I saw Nope as fast as I could because I don't want the internet to ruin shit. Right, right, right. And I'm still – I still haven't had that ruined for me yet. Well, don't look at the internet. I am trying. <laughs> and do that with every movie is my point. Not, I'm not saying I do, outside. right, right. Kelly Wan, welcome to my world. Thank you for finally but, joining me here. Like, nope, had a trailer that I watched. It I, was don't, just I, don't, every- I don't even want to hear. Like, I've seen nothing about nope. I've seen no trailers. I haven't seen a frame of it. Uh, yeah, I'm just I saying it, didn't, it somehow didn't give anything away like that. Like, I mean, I didn't even watch the, the only time. Trailer, so. <laughs> I'll watch trailers if it's for something I don't give a fuck about, i.e. anything Star Wars, at this point, anything Marvel, to be honest, after Thor. Um, and tell me one, what movies did this remind you of? What non-Cronenberg movies? Uh, I started watching a movie that you told me to watch that it kind of reminded me of called Flux Gourmet. Okay, now, that, I'm glad. So you might, I tried to watch, do you know Peter Strickland, by the way, who this guy no, is? No, but his name him? sounds really familiar. So his, yeah. the, the movie you need to see is called Barbarian Sound Studio. Oh, I love that movie. I've seen it. That's that yeah, guy? Yeah, okay, so that's Toby Jones. It's a, the sound, yeah. Right, it's all yeah, about no, Italian gallo movies. And yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. That's, that's Peter Strickland. And Flux Gourmet is his latest movie, which I don't know how far you got, Kelly Wan, but I couldn't make it through Flux Gourmet. It was too weird. You told me. me to watch it. You keep doing this. You did that with The Innocents, too. It's like, well, I hated I that. Watch it. No, I said, I just <laughs> said... Just so you know, this movie might come up during the podcast because I feel like Peter Strickland is doing um, – he's doing David Cronenberg-y stuff but much more lushly and competently with a focus on 
making a presentable cinematic experience. You know what? He's doing Cronenberg stuff more cinematically. I'll just put it that way. And then you didn't finish watching it. Well, I tried because I, I loved how the actors were in tune with it. I think yeah. visually it's beautiful. And I love how committed he is to the absurdity of food as sonic performing yeah. performance art. Like that's what the movie is, is what if food was sonic performance art? Right. Like you, you, you take that premise and Peter Strickland makes, you know, a full length, hugely, I mean, a movie that looks very expensive, very lush, um, very competently acted movie that I simply can't watch because it's too weird and absurd. Like I couldn't make it through that movie. This but is you, grandma you on a cruise either. ship, Tom. You didn't yeah. make it through it either. So you're right there on the cruise ship. No, next but to I started grandma. it true, but I'm going to play yes. shuffleboard later, but I started it at like midnight on like a Sunday. That's no excuse. <laughs> ah, woo! Excuse me. Sorry. That's why I paused there. Sneeze. Uh, wait, here, that's here. not an excuse? But then I didn't resume it the next night. Right, right, right. I so ran out of time. You told me to watch it like two nights ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would fully expect if you go back and watch it and you, you love it. I one night. With it, feel free. But I'm guessing that you're done with it. Maybe not. Not necessarily. Um, just to spite okay. you, I might finish it. Okay. I'm a little curious about it. But now that you've told me, you, the fact that you didn't finish it makes me less interested because now I can't argue with you about endings or anything about it. Well, the thing is, if you finish it, Kelly Wand, I will watch the rest of it. Like if it's something I thought it was going to be your over. Well, I, I, you know, I love Barbarian Sound Studio, but that's a more conventional horror movie. I think he's just getting super weird with with Flux Gourmet. No, but I go, oh, it's about performing performance artists. That's why Tom wanted me to watch it because right, 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 right. Say this is much. This is a uh, book. Uh, Saul Tenser and the uh, <laughs> priest. This is a really good show. Like you're judging them by their presentations in the movies. Yeah, well, I think I'll prefer Sonic Food to Child Autopsies, <laughs> Mr. Cronenberg. Here, here's the one that that that, that uh, it reminded me of that I think is a more uh, conventional movie. Uh, there's a movie that Dan Gilroy wrote and directed called Velvet Buzzsaw about. Yeah, I, you made me watch that too, you bastard. Yeah, and it's like about high society art, it, performance artists, and pretentious art. Uh, it picks up at the end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's even got a supernatural kind of element to yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really like like uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, and and this I think is comparable to Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, That's the wait. Who directed that? It's a Gillian so Dan Hall. Gilroy is Renee Russo's husband, and it uh-huh. basically was like a. It looks like it was a vanity project because Renee right. Russo is great in, in Velvet Buzzsaw. Right. So it looks like he wrote and directed that as kind of a vehicle for his wife. Uh, but I know Gillian Hall was in another movie with him. Well, Dylan Hall's and Tony Gilroy, like Tony Gilroy is Dan Gilroy's brother, and they did Nightcrawler oh, and he's the um, Tony Scott of the Gilroys. Exactly, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I think uh, neither of them is the Tony Scott. They're both Gilroys are, are very, very good. What's that movie where Tom Wilkinson gets murdered, gets assassinated uh, by Tony Clooney? Yeah, like that's the where other he tells Tony her she's character. so fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like that's Tony Gilroy. Whereas Clooney Dan won best Gilroy actor is, for it. Is, is and Dan Gilroy's Velvet Buzzsaw. So to me, neither of those is a Tony Scott kind of movie. Like they're both just really dense, character-driven thrillers. Right. Um, yeah, That's the movie movie? where it would they, it would, they made it before Burn After Reading, and then afterwards, Tilda was like to Clooney, like, "Let's make one movie someday where we're nice <laughs> to each other because we're huge assholes to each other." <laughs> Every movie. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, did you did you see brand new cherry flavor? Uh, no, you told me multiple times to watch it, but it's on Netflix, which is like the dumbest streamer streaming service. Yeah. Streamer. Well, that that also has a lot in common. I mean, there are a lot of elements. They're, they're very. I forget about elements it, in that. Oh really? And I still yeah, yeah. I eventually was like, hey, I didn't have time to watch that, and then you were like, yeah, it's not that. I don't want to oversell it. And I went, all right. Tom oversell what brand new cherry flavor yeah, yeah. no i don't want to i don't want to oversell it but there's a lot of uh, connective tissue with cronenberg um yeah. and unlike cronenberg it's very uh, female centric like rosa salazar and katherine keener are just like it's all about them oh, rosa salazar fighting each other oh she's so good in it i mean that's where i was like oh now i see why people are into her yeah she's right. great brand new cherry okay. flavor say no more wait why do you care about rosa salazar she's hot and chips and Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> no, right. I and, and and that's the thing is I watch Chips because I like brand new cherry flavor so much. There's one good shot of her in Chips. No, I think she's great in Chips. No, she's super hot. Yeah. I, although I, the I movies are so dumb. I hate Chips? Are you kidding? I like you like Dax Shepard. Dax Shepard jams his junk right into Michael Pena's face. Like how can that is so? How can you not love that in a movie, Kelly Wand? It was too divorced from the source material. <laughs> Poncherello is a Miami FBI agent. <laughs> Fuck you, Shepard. Okay, that's a fair point. And where's Randy Oaks, man? Come on. I want uh, to be on cast. <laughs> you know me. I can't I can't be trusted. I always have, I get stuck on dumb things. I'm still to this day, I'm still annoyed that Emma Stone played Gwen right. Stacy and Kristen Dunst played Mary Jane stood the other way around because their hair colors of the of the characters were reversed. It's like Emma Stone's a redhead, Mary Jane's a redhead. Kirsten Dunst's fucking wait. Gwen Emma Stacey. Stone. Emma. St- when did Emma Stone play Mary Jane? No, she played Gwen Stacy in the. Oh, but Garfield she's supposed ones. to be a redhead, right? Isn't Gwen no, Stacy a redhead? She's white. She's a blonde. No, Mary Jane's a redhead. That's oh, the oh no, no, you're right. Okay, no, I'm confusing Spider-Man's girlfriend. I don't know who Gwen Stacy is. Um, uh, she dies. That's her character. That's her superpower. That's her superpower. Yeah. It's she to be failed killed. to be saved by Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He in the comics, he uh, she's falling and he he webs her and then it breaks her neck, <laughs> which should happen all the time if you think about it. Wow, actual like neck-breaking physics in a superhero movie. That's I don't think she ever came back either. She's one of the few Marvel right. characters in the comics and stays dead. You know, Spinal and didn't Batman break his back in a comic book? Like Spinal and yeah, but it gets are, are fairly common. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Glad to hear. Yeah, that. he's okay now. Don't worry. He got his broken right. back fixed by a guy in a cave. Everything's good. Fine. Like Iron Man. <laughs> Just like Iron Man. Uh, yeah. Kelly Wan, can it? Can we play good, good writing, writing, bad writing? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, let's take a commercial break, and we'll come back for good writing, bad writing. We'll be right <laughs> back after this commercial. This episode of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast is sponsored by CJ Entertainment's hot new summer romance. Press play. Laura and Harrison have the picture-perfect relationship built on the foundation of a shared love of music. But after a deadly accident, Laura is given the chance to save the love of her life when she discovers that their mixtape can transport her back in time. I mean, hmm. featuring a moving soundtrack with songs by Japanese Breakfast, Father John Misty, Dayglow, and more, Press Play reminds you that love can always be replayed. Starring Clara Rugard from Love Gets a Room and Lewis Pullman from Top Gun Maverick. 
with special appearances by Matt Walsh from Into the Storm and Danny Glover from The Color Purple. Don't miss Press Play, available now where fine movies are streamed. All right, we are back, and uh, Kelly Wand, I'm going to read you some dialogue from the movie Crimes of the Future. Huh. You were going to tell me is the good dialogue writing. good writing or bad writing. I'm going to do this three times, and we're going to see how many points out of three you can score. You ready? Good writing. Excuse me. All right. Well, <laughs> let's go to the uh, disclaimer real quick. Good writing. Good writing bad writing is not to be used in any fiduciary, financial, academic, or medical capacity. It is strictly subjective enterprise based on the perspective of one person with an advanced degree in an unrelated field. It's from an accredited institution of higher learning that happens to be either read. Other than finding the good writing, I don't know. Those are all the official and binding. All right. Here we go. Kelly Wand. Uh, let's see. I'll start with this one. I'm ready, Tom. This is Matt Kristen Stewart's character. I don't know the woman who played this. This is the agent from a clinic. She oh. says, I don't like the ears. They're cute. They're striking. But a thousand ears is not good design. Kelly one, is that good writing or bad writing? That's good writing. Why? Because it's not good design. She's right. She goes, because she keeps going. She goes, only one of them works. Or none of them work. No, no, you're right. She said surround sound. The extra ear doesn't, doesn't even yeah, work. Yeah, surround sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I liked agree. her whole monologue. Because it's yep. right after you see the ear guys, you're like, oh, God, what? And then she just goes, eh, like totally alert. Very she, good point. I like that as a kind of a disc, uh, decompression and a contrast to the grossness of that ear scene. Because that ear scene is amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, I still don't know. I don't know if I doubt that was CG, but I doubt that was – like, I don't know what the heck I was looking at. What's so, aesthetic? It's really good that they have – like I liked that it was followed by this slyly funny character commenting on it who's in on the joke and the absurdity, and and, and she's riffing on it with some wordplay. I thought there was great writing. I liked that. And basically saying that the technology of the movie is less – is not as advanced as the spectators watching the show think, which is like a cool – touched by Cronenberg they like as opposed to man the future is going to be so crazy look all these ears like he's trying to like a lesser director would go look how crazy it is it's like a superhero having that many ears I I mean I think there's some meta commentary in there that works on multiple levels absolutely yeah something before we proceed I was going to say about before I forget about Cronenberg movies that I think are particular to him and tell me if you agree or even if you agree with my point is like his movies it's hard to tell how populous his worlds are because every character, there's never any extras except at the mall at the beginning of Scanners, the only time I can think of one. It's like every character is part of it. When uh, when Saul Tenser walks out of one of those expos and he walks right past Lang yep, doing, right. Do, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, they're the only two people in the world. So of course yeah. they're going to run into each other on the street. Yeah. yeah, the only surprise is that the girl doesn't say anything or go, hey. She doesn't have a line. Right, right. right. Yeah. So Kelly, one, I think what that is and, and what... Uh, that to me is one of the hallmarks of a director who would be more com- oh. on a play. That, that to me is one play. of the, well, it's, exactly. It's like experimental theater. It's yeah. like you just have a certain number of characters, and if you need somebody to play multiple characters, if you need to collapse characters into one character, like using uh, uh, Rory Cochran and Men, for instance. Like right. I love that kind of element. Like he just doesn't it's want you distracted. Well, he just doesn't care to distract you with characters who don't matter. Right. And if in a scene he needs somebody to stand against a wall, he'll bring in extras, but he's not going to give them lines just for the sake of it. Um, Is it part of his no, world I, building? And was it true of, because maybe you'll remember better than me, was it true of History of Violence and Eastern Promises? 
where it felt like a crime universe with few few people in it. Right, right. People who mattered. I plot. don't think it was true of history of the uni- of, of violence because that was set in a small town, right. and there was a lot about the population in the town reacting to him stopping these robbers. Um, right. So no, I, I think you're 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 right, Kelly Wan. I think this is just a facet of Cronenberg's almost experimental theater approach to filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. Is he just okay. doesn't want a lot of ancillary characters. Uh, yeah. yeah. I remember noticing it as a kid too, which means I was smart as a child. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I do hope you rewatch the brood because uh, I want know, to now, especially if it's yeah. your over to this. I really, well, I, really I really want the brood to be made as a good movie. Like, okay. I, re- I really like the script and I really like, I want to see if it holds up. I like its expressions of Cronenberg's ideas. Um, with his whole medical drug. fetishism and, and tumors and whatnot. Like, all of that is in The Brood. But no uh, sex I, in that one, I don't remember. Pardon? There's not, I don't remember it being sexy. Like, oh, no, no, sexy. no, no, no. It's no, there's no, uh, there might it's be nudity, miserable. but there's no sexuality. Like, it's not about uh, sexuality. There's What's one the thing that, the, yeah, that you're going to love, by the way, that I can't. Do you, do you remember? The, well, no, I'm not going to say anything. Just watch The Brood and then text all right, me. Because I, really, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager. Yeah, there's uh, there's really I, I just I binged on Cronenberg all the time. Like, oh, I've seen Shivers I remember, still a long time. Like I, I saw did. Shivers a few like a, ten years ago, maybe. I wish Shivers Dang. had been a good movie because Shivers could be a good like zombie movie. Oh, like, I was trying to do that. Uh, oh, your fi- my favorite Shivers character is the old man doctor who like he looks does, like that guy James Lipton that inside the actor's yeah. studio guy. I mean, yeah. he's a dead ringer for James Lipton. And the movie opens, it's so weird, with him randomly... Assaulting. He's like a Canadian Blair. Yeah, but, he, but he's randomly assaulting some schoolgirl, ripping her yeah. clothes off, and you have no idea why. And it's intercut with a scene of a young couple coming to look at this this uh, luxury apartment high-rise. And That's like Dylan now. So weird. Cross-cut. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. All right, Kelly Wan, I'm going to give you another bit of dialogue. One for one. In the future. Here we go. All I can do is present Brecken's dead little body as a promise of the future, Lang says to Tensor. I don't know what we'll see, but I know it will be beautiful, sweet, and real and beautiful. Kelly Wan, good writing or bad writing? Wait, he says beautiful twice? He does. Uh, that's bad writing. <laughs> Sorry. Did Scott did Scott Speedman flub the line, or did Cronenberg write it that way? Because I, I kind of doubt. Yeah. I kind of doubt Cronenberg wrote that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Speedman flubbed the line. I felt you flubbed the line by not trying to trick me because you said it so disgustedly on bo- on the second beautiful. I'm like, oh, Tom's, <laughs> get, Tom's really uh, uh, playing his hand here in plain view. Well, it really but, does yeah. sound like he. Um, like, uh, there's other things wrong with that line too. He's he should know what's in there. He shouldn't be why? saying this mystical shit because well, uh, he knows Brecken's a natural, a natural um, plastic eater. So he would be alluding to that. I don't know. Maybe you're. Maybe well, the reason that I'm okay with that, Kelly Wand, is mystical. I want to read you the third line. We both agree that that was a screwy line. We don't know if it's the writing or Scott Speedman, but it's kind of weird to just. Tech and, and like it's not like David Cronenberg seems to write very particular dialogue and it's not yeah. naturalistic speech, so it's not like you're not gonna have a line where somebody comes back around to the same word. Like maybe it's, plastic it's, eaters do that. That's just a trait of plastic eaters. Could be right. They repeat themselves, right? Yeah. So here, here though is why one reason like I that guy in Goodfellas, he was a plastic eater. 
Yeah. Uh, here's one reason why I don't mind the, the actual writing in that line. So I want to read you this one. If the police did an autopsy, Saul yes. Tinter asks the, the, the woman, mm-hmm. what do you think they would find? And the woman responds, outer space. Kelly Wan, is that good writing or bad writing? This is a tough one. I think I'm going to go with good writing just because. Do you remember the scene, by the way? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. He's in the, uh, he's visiting her in prison. Yep. And they're in a laundry room. It's not even like there's a visiting room. Yeah. (laughs) It's like where she's supposed to work at her laundry job and there's a watch on the table. So it's like they sat him there and like, okay, you got five minutes. Uh, It's tricky too because she's saying everything really pithily, like instantly responding to all of his questions with something kind of poetic and cool. Her best out prison's good for her. She makes her in a really good dialogue uh, speaker. <laughs> it makes her poetic. Yeah. Uh, so is it- I consider it good writing because it seems like that's what her character feels is inside her son. Like it's nothing. There's nothing human about Brecken, and yep. there's nothing terrestrial, and, and it can't be named or described. It's yeah. It's not of this earth. What I like about that line is it is such a pithy expression of the intersection of body horror and cosmic horror. Yes. I, I love well that said. about that line. That line yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I think that line is beautiful writing. I just love yeah. that response. Um, so I, yeah. So Kelly Wand, you're three for three. I, think I am. We, we both know our, I think we both know our Cronenberg. Cronenberg's never done Aliens, so the line actually has even more power because even for Cronenberg, outer space is like, whoa, hey, I can't. You know, that's that the thing is that 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 humans um, are interested. They're weird enough to him. That speech I was mentioning, and they came from within, and shivers that the redhead gets. That begins with her saying that disease is mating between humans and aliens because disease like like he she invokes mm-hmm. aliens in describing disease oh wait those are aliens aren't they which is that intersection of of cosmic and body horror to i'm me. an idiot because those are alien parasites aren't they no aren't they're, they they're from the sky they're manufactured nope they're manufactured. wait they rain down from the sky i thought nope on the we think of a different movie we can do a mr mom thing if you want but that's definitely not in shivers i did i watched shivers this week so who's making them so it opened uh, this the the crazy doctor was making them and he put them in the the girl who spread them because it's like a venereal disease to the other people in the apartment that she was sleeping with and that's oh, why the he put it in her, her. i he thought he created, was just infected already no no by the alien parasites he created them and and they actually there there are people who talk about him in admiring terms as a brilliant scientist who created this actual parasite right, that can work right. like a kidney I should point out I've only watched that movie really fucking baked, even my first time. Well, like and, I said, and, fifteen years ago. But I mean, you're, you, you, I mean, they're all. There is a movie about slugs that come from outer space and murder people. I can't think of the name of it now, but it's like it, it's complete by with him? that whole fifties aesthetic. What is it? Wait, by Cronenberg? No, 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 no. I'm just talking about another horror movie. Uh, so yes, you're, you're not yes. like I, I don't fault you for thinking that the shiver slugs came from outer space because that's obviously something you've seen in another movie. It's just not in shivers. Yeah, the slugs are always from outer space, Tom. Kelly Wan, it's not as dumb. Or they're as inside Brecken. What? It's not, it's as, dumb not as, as dumb as thinking there are clones in Mr. Mom, is what I was trying to say. I was uh, trying to reassure you that, that you weren't off by thinking that. So. Wait, you have to watch Multiplicity, the actual clone movie. I have noticed- I've never seen it. What are you talking so, about? Well, did I tell you about Beetlejuice? No. 
So, you know, you, you recommended, you, you gave me a book that I adored called Blackwater written by Michael yeah. McDowell. Uh, mm-hmm. And Michael McDowell, um, I think if anybody knows him, they, would know him, the, they would know him as the writer of Beetlejuice um, because that was probably his biggest script that he's best known for. I didn't know so him from I, that. Well, after well, I didn't either because I would I would I if you'd asked me who wrote Beetlejuice, I would have assumed uh, Tim Michael Burton. Keaton and yeah, right, uh, Danny Elfman, right? right. Um, but um, so after while reading Blackwater, just because I was really admiring Michael McDowell as a writer, mm-hmm. I did rewatch Beetlejuice, and I had been watching Arlie Keaton, uh, and I was just bitterly disappointed <laughs> in Beetlejuice. Uh, so I don't I don't know that I want to watch a lot of uh. I think I might be over my Keaton phase at this point. Oh, I wouldn't uh, hang that on Michael McDowell, though. I'd hang that on. No, 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 no. He right. doesn't know that, writing. Well, and also and... just right, and also him giving a script in in Hollywood. Like, yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I'm not, I'm not hanging. He gave his Planet of the Apes with Mark Wahlberg. Let's start there. Michael McDowell did. No, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, right, right. Oh my God, I thought I was. I, I was no, not... Michael McDowell has only given us good things and parts of Beetlejuice. Right, right, but but I was just going to say, like Faulkner wrote movie scripts, like 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 good yeah. authors letting their work be chewed up by Hollywood. I never hold them accountable for it. Like I don't. I think... loved his polish pass of Big Lebowski. It was really good. <laughs> Tim Burton's. Yes, <laughs> checkmate. I'll show you who's dumb. All right, Kelly Wand. My here's my other one thing I wanted to say about my a big problem I have with Crimes of the Future and hmm. uh, and Cronenberg and the gore in this movie. Oh, yeah. You CG surgery does not look convincing at all. Yeah, when you do I'm those little you. CG scalpel yeah. cuts, that it's yeah. just it just takes me out of the movie. I know. Like, they should have used I, mannequins like Brecken for that scene. Well, and yeah, like there's a way to make that look good. But then he's I, supposed to look dead, yeah. and they have to look alive, so it's hard. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just I, I maybe just really, show the aftermath. I was just really disappointed in the CG in this. I did like some of the yeah. practical stuff and like that ear dancer, that kind of stuff was amazing, but. And the uh, props. Just, yeah. The, the props and the production design. Yeah. Yeah. But to just CG surgery. I did. Oh God. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess Cronenberg isn't really hip to how he Let's watch Logan's run and see if that scene holds up. <laughs> you know, Kelly, well, I've never seen Logan's run. Whoa. Why would I watch whoa, that? Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, I know. I'm, hold on now, real quick. I have to make it very clear. I do have the requisite affection for Ginny a gutter, oh but I got God. that. Dude, I dude. got that from American Werewolf, not Logan's Run. Uh, she's younger in Logan's Run by six years, and okay. she wears outfits that. I mean, they lasted for my entire adolescence. That's all I have to say. <laughs> she made a man out of me from that movie. I don't, You're you crazy for not seeing it. Dude, you have to watch that tonight. I'm telling you. Logan's Run? Yeah. It's so dumb, but it's you got for her, she's she's Did anyone famous direct it? Like, is that Michael York? I don't even know. Like, yeah, it's Michael, Michael York. York? Why would I want to watch a Michael Peter York Houston movie? Peter Houston. Um, like, I don't her. even know Peter Houston. No, for her, for Jessica. Okay. For her. Specifically for her. I've watched that movie maybe nine hundred times just for her. She's, you know, what? I'll watch Logan's Run uh, if you promise to watch. Uh, I remember I, my first girlfriend. I was watching it with her, and she goes, "She's not all that." And then we broke up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not saying there's a connection, just saying it happens. All right. Yeah, Logan's Run for Jenny Gooder. Oh my god! Right. I can't believe you haven't seen it. Just for her, you're a very strange man to me. Like Why you would just I have didn't seen stumble it? in it. 
Um, just turn. I mean, I think I, like I, I know. If we're okay. going around circles here. Okay. Nothing. I won't say the rest is good. Well, actually, it's really goofy. So watch it really baked. It might be good baked. I don't Look know at Jenny Agutter baked. All right, all right. I'll say uh, you have, you have just, nothing better to do than do that that I can think of. Would it would it not be a better idea to just rewatch American Werewolf in London? No, because like, I would get something younger. different. Six years younger. Six years right. younger. Six all years right. younger. Six I years younger. <laughs> Six years younger. Also, her outfits are crazy. You have to pick her favorite outfit in London's Run. I think she's okay. How old are you? Know. Okay, they're all Fair they're enough. all very impressive. Okay, <laughs> Kelly, one. You know what else I'm going to say? What? Nope. Oh, yeah. And, and let's do a podcast on it. Oh boy, can't wait. So, uh, thanks everyone for listening to us talk crimes of the future. We will be and back Logan's run talk. and Logan's run and, and shivers and shivers and and uh the and brood. flux for May. Flux See what value they should. We should charge them by every movie we refer to. <laughs> okay, you tip a put a nickel as opposed in the jar to nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's like a swear jar, but no one gets. I hurt. did. Uh, I did write a list of Cronenberg's filmography in case we needed it. Uh, I don't think. <laughs> Why would we have needed it? Wait, you be me and set up when us needing that. Okay. As opposed to me, I know all his movies except Madame Butterfly. All right, hold on. Hey Tom, uh, what's that movie? Wait, hold on. Jimmy's Christian Stewart. What's the movie that uh, Cronenberg did before Maps of the Stars? Oh fuck, I forgot about that one. Holy <laughs> shit! Wow, I'm impressed actually... I didn't come up till now. After Nope was referenced, that's an impressive feat. I know that movie because I walked out of it, and I walked Wait, out we, of it. We podcasted about it. No, we didn't. No, Maps of, the movie before Maps of the Stars. Oh, uh, let me think. Black, Black Swan's Aronofsky. I'll help you. It would have been after Eastern Promise and Dangerous Method, um, but before I didn't see Maps Dangerous of Method. the Stars. I didn't either. And I went, I went and saw it. I walked into it when I was doing a double theater, at a, a double feature at the theater. And I remember watching this movie and being so disgusted. Oh, shoot. Who's the super hot chick from Baloo? From that, uh, from the, the Polish uh, movie of colors, red, white, and blue. Leah Sadu. <laughs> no, no. She oh, looks red, like white, Genevieve Bougeau. Um, oh, yeah, huh? Shoot, what, what's her name? Uh, Mira Servino. No, you're terrible, Kelly Wand. Oh. I can't remember. Um, she was in she Charlotte was in English Gainsbourg. Patient. No, English Patient Blue. Oh, wait, uh, Juliette Binoche. Juliette Binoche. Oh, my God, thank you. So She's I watched really this movie. She's a banger. Because, yeah, because in this movie, Jane or uh, uh, the uh, she is being seduced by Robert Pattinson, who at that point I only knew wasn't of as the good yet from the Twilight movies, and I was right. disgusted that this was happening in this movie, so I walked out. It was called Cosmopolis. Oh yeah, you warned me off that. Only, I keep, but I, I keep seen it because uh, I walked out of it because I was disgusted. How far in? Like fifteen minutes. <laughs> like. You're like just, he was already getting her 15 minutes into the movie? Yeah, like she's in the back of his limo and she's all into him. I just remember thinking, I'm not going to watch. No, you're I'm supposed to pretend watch. you're him. Yeah, I just pretend you're him. Logan too later, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. so I've never seen Cosmopolis or A Dangerous Method. But that's she's why I printed it out in case I had to remember like movies like that. So, hmm. Well, aren't you something? So Anyway, I have this here. If you need this, Kelly Wan, let me know. 
I'll keep it handy. Hard copy? That'll help on me. We might need it when we talk about Nope next time. Oh. So join us for that, listeners. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Kelly Wand. We'll be back with Nope, and we will see you guys then. Hey, Tom, Brecken versus Thelma. (laughs) Ready? Tom, I made you a special chair to watch my movie in. It's made out of placentas. Star Trek, Tom. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Brecken found this podcast delicious.